Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got an heart. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. Hey, everybody. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> I decided I would try a new catchphrase. Okay. That was from Heather's. That was okay. Oh, like, was it? Okay. But um, I'm going to find one. You're going to find one. What, what do we, what do we, and then would you just change stuff up? Yeah, I'm over it. I feel like it's very 1990 I think that wasn't that the point that your whole, what the? <laughs> <laughs> that was the beauty of it. I don't think I ever meant it that way. Like, I don't think, I think I legitimately was just like, what's up? Like, you know, and then it turned into like the was I had to say what's up all the time. And then I thought, did. Yeah. And now okay. uh, this is post quarantine, Marissa. So post okay. <laughs> quarantine, Marissa is going to find a new catchphrase. All right. So we could be like, hello, everyone. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> I'll find something. Howdy do, friends. I thought was that Dudley? Yeah, he's an asshole. <laughs> I thought greetings and salutations would work, but it didn't. No, nah, no, something else next time. All right, what's up, I'm, gang? Yeah, how you do? Holla, hello, <laughs> um, oh, so hello, everyone, <laughs> welcome back to this uh, brave new world live <laughs> from quarantine. Uh, welcome to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. Wait, we have to come up with a cool name for our, where we record, like Fright School does. Like, the West Craven Memorial Library is pretty great. Like, we should call yeah. it the Nick Cage Memoriam or something, yeah. <laughs> even though he's still alive. <laughs> the, the Nick Cage Shrine of Appreciation. <laughs> live, li- live from the Temple of Nick Cage. <laughs> AKA my vagina. No, just kidding. <laughs> we should clarify that, you know, since this is a, not a visual medium, I have a giant Nick Cage pillow behind me that Marissa gave me for Christmas because she understands my obsession with Nick Cage. <laughs> oh my God, Face Off was on the other night and I just wanted to like send a message of me stroking your whole face. <laughs> face Off. Um, well, wow, we are off the rails and I'm sorry, I believe quarantine. No, yeah, this is honestly, this is the first episode we have recorded since the quarantine has happened. You and I have not been, I think we're almost two months since you and I have been in the same room together. So I know we're completely falling apart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have been doing the essential worker from home situation as a teacher. I have been doing the essential worker in the office in the medical field. So life is kind of bananas for everybody. We um, just off the top, we'll say we hope everybody is staying safe. Right. Everybody is healthy and everybody is watching horror movies. Yeah, because that's how I'm getting through. 45, yeah. days, 45 days at in captivity with the Pona oh. clan over here. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's been interesting, and I'm all I always think is how incredibly thankful I am that I still like the people I live with because yeah no that helps yeah. that helps I mean most minutes I like them yeah like the dog just no. ate the entire pizza she's on my shit list but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah so tonight we are actually a little light we're only doing one movie today. Yeah, we uh we're, we're we're easing back into it. Like I said, we've we've both still been been at work. Uh thankfully we both were able to retain our jobs, so we're very very blessed for that. But at the same time, you know, it does take up some time. So yeah, we're we're easing back into it. Uh tonight we're going to be discussing John Carpenter's 1980 The Fog. And I have to admit this is my first watch of this embarrassingly. Same. I have never seen this. This is one that's always, you know, popped up on Netflix, Amazon, Shutter, the whole nine. And I don't know, I guess maybe in the back of my head, I, th- I'm, I thought I must have seen it. Like, how have I not seen it? I must have seen it. But I definitely have never seen this and had a very pleasant surprise by Mr. One Tom Atkins. Oh, when is Tom Atkins ever anything but an amazing surprise? I know. <laughs> I prefer a bearded Tom Atkins. Yeah, no, the the naked face, um, it's not as good. Uh, it's it's it's. I would say it's an A minus. 
because normally he is a, an A plus plus. I would give the the naked face an A minus. Yeah. It's but it's it's still Tom. It's it's eighties Tom Atkins, early eighties Tom Atkins. So it's like it is Tom Atkins at his prime. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if he ever had a prime, I felt I feel like he was born looking fifty though. Like he was- yeah, no, I do too. <laughs> It's only in recent years. What was it when we did the episode? When I did the episode with Matt and Nate, when we were talking about Night of the Creeps, and like you know, it's like he's like eighty something years old now. Like Tom Atkins is like he's my note is super sexy grandpa, and he is he is a super sexy grandpa. But yeah, he is like a decrepit old man. <laughs> Silver fox. That's what yeah. matters for. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Oh gosh, I need to get out more. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so I have to say the first thing that jumped out at me and what I was so delighted by was, dare I say, a star-studded cast. And I'm not even being facetious. This is a good lineup. This is a very good lineup. My first note is the queens of horror because we have Adrian Barbeau, Jamie Lee Curtis, Janet Lee. Like, it's we're checking all the boxes for like these amazing female horror leads it was wonderful i love adrian barbeau she's just is she not the most adorable thing like i just like if i was a dude in 1980 i would be permanently erect like watching this movie because she's so hot i love her permanently erect. (laughs) (laughs) um no it's so true like first of all her voice man like i wish i could sound like that i'm like no (laughs) (laughs) like she's like hello sleepy hot like it's just so good and i'm like god damn it national treasure adrian burbo yeah she's amazing yeah and she was adorable i agree um and yeah and jamie lee was uh, just i wanted to pinch her cheeks too i just love her so yeah no jamie lee curtis is another one like i always forget she has started so young for as much as halloween is influential i guess when i think jamie lee curtis like i in my head i immediately picture like Freaky Friday, True Lies, Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, mom, Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't imagine young... So seeing her and her cute little adorable young self. And of course, you know, it's like the first scene is her and Tom Atkins in the truck. And then the next scene, obviously, is them in bed together. Because Tom Atkins. Because super sexy grandpa. (laughs) I wonder how old she... She must have been in her early 20s, right? Like, she had to be a baby when this was, like... Yeah, well, what? This was two years after Halloween? Because Halloween was 78, right? I think it's funny that when I when I Google searched how old was Jamie Lee Curtis, the first one that showed up was uh, was in True Lies. People are like, "Is it cool that I was into it?" Um, nineteen. She was nineteen, so she was twenty one in this movie. Okay, baby, bambino. Yeah, tiny baby. Yeah. Um, and my note is good for you, girl. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, one of the things I love about Carpenter films is they never feel like they are uh you know like uh, misogynistic in any way or like putting down the women in the films anyway like i think it's incredibly empowering that she's like this hitchhiking bitch who's like yeah i'll hit that and then i'm gonna move on and zero regerts you know like i and i i kind of i like to think deborah hill had a had a big hand in why he female characters so well not to say that it necessarily it passes the whatchamacallit test or anything like that the bechdel Del test, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's well written. Like the female characters in the in the story are in all of John Carpenter's stories never feel like they are you know uh, flat or like stereotypical to me. I'm always intrigued by them and feel like they have depth. Um, even the the radio host, she's you know she's out for her son, she's out for the town. Like she chooses to stay at the station instead of running home, which I think is an interesting choice. Like I like the way he writes his characters, and most importantly, I always am so impressed with how invested I get in the world he creates in his horror films because so often in horror films it's just like you're introduced to this like stale kind of world and then the characters just move and like carpenter does a good job of really like bringing me into even the minor characters lives like even the mayor wife lady like i was like into her i was like janet lee's character i was like yeah you know like i don't know i think he that's one of the talents i think he does have even if his films do feel a little formulaic at times yeah, which I had said that before we started recording was that I did feel like a lot of the a lot of the formula of Halloween was carried over. Not only the cast, obviously there was a there was a quite a few people that, you know, John Carpenter likes to cast. I mean, obviously 
uh, Jamie Lee Curtis from Halloween. And I forget the actress's name, but she was Annie in Halloween. She was the assistant to Janet Lee. You know, Tom Atkins was in Escape from New York. Like he likes to, you know, he, he kept his family close with this one. But even so much so is like the music. The, the beginning, the, the beginning theme, which I recognized right away, even though I've never seen this movie, that score has come up. Um, I have a Danny Elfman uh, Pandora station that's very fine-tuned. At this point, it pretty much only plays uh, horror music and horror movie scores. So I recognize that right away. But again, it has that Halloween-esque feel when you kind of have that single or like just that double repeating note happening on a piano kind of thing in this one which and I don't say it like a bad thing I think at first I was thinking of it like a like not a bad thing but like maybe a flaw to the movie that he kind of just not repurposed but he just uses that same formula but again something else I mentioned is you know who else does that Tim Burton does that Tim Burton does the same thing where he kind of has a bit of a formula. He kind of has his core friends that he likes to cast in movies. And, and for the most, for the most part, generally it, it works for Tim Burton. So I don't want to say that, that John Carpenter does that. And it's a flaw in any way. If something, if something works, then, then go for it, you know, kind of thing, I guess. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's a certain auteur, like, uh, style to Carpenter because even if you look at like the thing or there is a formula to how he does things you're right I don't necessarily think it's a detriment to his films yeah. I do think that it, it like toggles that line though where you're like all right I've seen this whole style before um I'm also always impressed by the fact that it's him doing that scoring like the yes. very atmospheric and even though it again and I'm not going to talk out my ass here and act like I know but it seems like it's a relatively simply written score but it's very effective well, I remember seeing an interview with Carpenter where he said the that Halloween theme, that was a, I believe that was a warm-up or that was a practice piece for the piano. I think it's, it's I think it's, I think that's what it's called. I, again, again, talking out my ass. But I remember him saying that like that was either, that was a practice piece or a practice piece, a warm-up inspired him to write that. So uh, the simplicity, yeah, absolutely it is there. And, and he has even said that, that, you know, he's, he's able to do it himself. It's simple, but it's super effective. And that worked in both Halloween and The Fog. Yeah, and, and I, like, I like both scores. And, and I'm starting to, you know, thanks to Zach and, and Musivisuality, Musivisual. Musivisual, I think it is. Yeah, I've been like kind of embracing more scores and stuff and I've really been enjoying it to be honest. Um, okay, so I have a fun little list that I okay. made. I didn't do research, but I actually I lied. I did a little research. You did. But I did, of course I did. Um, but it, I came up with five things I love about 1980 that I wish were still true today. Number one, the hairdos. I mean, Jesus Christ. I just yeah. like, permed the shit out of my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, Drinking and driving, totally, uh, totally accepted. Like Tom Atkins just busts a Budweiser and they share <laughs> they're driving. Um, number three, radio was king. People actually listened to the radio. Radio celebrities and stars were a thing. A small town like that like thrived on its radio as a, as a means to not only entertain it, but also news and like, you know, I miss that. I want radio. I, I have the exact same note. One of my notes is, remember when the radio was on all the time? And specifically for us, well, I say us, for me and for anybody in the Philadelphia, South Jersey area, in the early 90s, we had WDRE, which was an alternative rock radio station. And again, I remember like going to my friend's house and like she legit would have her radio on. 24 7 like when she slept it was always on and I used to do the same thing from the moment I would come home from school flip on the radio and the radio was just constantly on like I I have the same thing about how thinking about it out loud now like there was that time before television where radio was all you had so the radio you had your radio shows and everything and then tv happened and video killed the radio star because yeah like I remember growing up like yeah it was the radio was always a thing we would I remember being in the car and Brian and I would be listening to a song on the radio like my parents were driving us home somewhere and the song wouldn't be over and we would run in the house to turn on the radio to finish listening to the song like things weren't so readily available then and if you heard that jam you wanted to you know keep the jam going 
Yeah, it's funny. I tried to explain to my daughters what the intricate art of catching a song on the radio to record it to a tape was like back in the day. Oh, that was a fine art. (laughs) It was like speaking to aliens. Like, they were like, what? Why wouldn't you just go to iTunes and download it? Like, I don't understand. Like, they were like, YouTube, you can listen to it all you want. Like, the radio personalities were like celebrities and like, like, I remember whether it was, like, Cool Ghoul Zachary or, like, just, like, the local, like, Z100 morning show people from the New York area. Like, they were stars in my head. And, like, it's just mm-hmm. all kind of gone now. And in small towns, I think it's to their own detriment. Like, I just, I don't know. I think it's so quaint and I miss it. Um, I also miss, I have two more things from the 1980 mm-hmm. that I want to bring back. Kids got to just run around. You didn't have to parent. Your kid. Yeah. Go for a swim in the rocky waters. You're going to be fine. You know, take a dip. Go fishing. I'll see you at 10 p.m. Let's come on. You know, like, yeah. No, the the rule rule for me was I had to be home by five. You know, I got home from school. I could go out and play. Had to be home by five because that's when mom came home and we started to make dinner. On the weekends, like... I don't know. Depending on who I was with. If I was with my brother and my cousins, whenever. <laughs> like, there was zero rules. Yeah, we're totally free range. Meanwhile, I'm afraid to let my daughters ride their bikes, like, around the corner. Like, I'm like, eh. <laughs> Like, it's just different. Like, I, I don't know. And my last final thing that I missed from 1980, and this is more just my perception of the world, because I know that the reality is they were creepers back then, is priests were badass and cool. Yeah. Because this priest is a drunkard. His employees. Yeah. He fucking straight up finds weird shit in the walls and gets weird with it. And then he tries to, he tries to take one for the team. And and, yeah. and I was like, man, this guy's cool. Like I would go to church if this guy was running it. We <laughs> find a little bake, get a little weird, and then have yeah. God. But no, that's the other thing I miss. And and like I said, I, I'm not trying to make light. I know they were scumbags back then too, but this guy was gang. Father Mahone was gangster. You know what? Here's here's my take on 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 priests and stuff. Because I grew up in a Catholic household, went to you know CCD confirmation the whole nine. And in my church in my town, all we had like like there was one guy that you know was American, but we had so many like broken English or just kind of gave up and spoke in Latin. Like we would have Latin services. All I've ever wanted, and I blame television for this, but all I've ever wanted was like the priest with the Irish accent. Like I want a Father O'Flanagan kind of thing. I've never had one. And I think I would probably stayed with the church had I had <laughs> the Father O'Flanagans. <laughs> thing that stood between you and your spirituality was an accent who knew was it was an irish accent and but you know i never got it and look at me now i'm an atheist look at me now, God <laughs> oh jack <laughs> darling um mm. oh that's really funny actually um so i did also think that like any good jar- john carpenter film this film plays with some cool themes i did a little research just, just a sprinkle. Just a sprinkle. And the first thing that I thought was really cool was that I read an interview in which John Carpenter said that he reshot a whole bunch of stuff because he wanted it to very much feel like an old-timey ghost story, and they shot it like that. But then Cronenberg started turning out his his movies, and things suddenly were like, and and Carpenter kind of did this to himself too with Halloween, but like all of a sudden it was like. No, we want blood and guts and, and scare. Like, you have to up the scare. So mm-hmm. he went back and he recreated the scene with the boat. The scene with the boat didn't exist originally in the original. Wow. Scene. Yep, they just were missing. You never saw them get killed or anything like that. He recreated the part with the guy with the eyes coming out. He redid some of the scenes so that you actually see a little bit more of the ghosts. And, mm-hmm. and like, he, he killed off the nanny chick for that reason. So he basically felt like he had to up the ante on the violence and the blood and guts which this movie didn't have much at all of either of those things. Yeah, say so even still, it wasn't, there was, it was never gratuitous. Oh, and it was so tame compared to other movies that were coming out in the early 80s that are like just splatter fests, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to see that like it kind of pushed his hand a little bit. And I wonder how much it influenced some of his later works. We did miss a little bit of a mark because the anniversary, oh. April 21st. Yeah, we're a little late. <laughs> just missed it our act together huh no but honestly one of my biggest takeaways and at this point i blame coronavirus and isolation for this thought but i wanted to i want to live in a lighthouse now 
Like that lighthouse in particular. Like I know that my fat ass would be huffing and puffing down those stairs every day. Because did you see how many stairs it took to get to that lighthouse? A lot. Yeah, I would have fallen off. You know, too. I, I know. I'm clumsy and I'm fat. I'm going to be like, <gasps> I want to live in a lighthouse now. Like it can just, you know, like in my home, there's, there's, there's me, there's the boyfriend, there's the dog. We can do that in a lighthouse. It's fine. I want the cool metal spiral stairs. I want the, I, I want, I want, and, and not any lighthouse. I want that. I liked that lighthouse. I want to live there. It's a cool lighthouse. And you get to be a DJ in that lighthouse. Yeah. And then I can be a radio DJ. That I can play songs from the 90s and nothing but songs from the 90s. <laughs> I feel like um, my life is depressing enough. Moving myself into a lighthouse would really be the nail in my like uh, hermit lifestyle coffin. So it's probably best. Well, again, like I said, I think it's I think it's the coronavirus talking. I think it's the isolation that like I've just gotten used to this now. Where like you know I only go out to go grocery shopping for myself or for my mother. Um, I go out to go to work, and and that's it. That's absolutely it. You know I'm finding all forms of entertainment in my house. Too. Um, scary yeah. for me is that it's not that big of a stretch for my real. <laughs> to begin with. Like, I see so many people being like, oh God, I can't do this anymore. Meanwhile, I'm like, new video game, new book. I know. You know, like, as long as I can podcast, resume, record, I think I could, I could sustain this for a while. Yeah, no, this works. Like, occasional socialization, but yeah, I'm not hurting as much as all the extrovert friends I have are. Yeah, I I think about this is the first thing I'm going to do when the quarantine is lifted. This is the first thing I'm going to do when restaurants open again. And I'm like, I am already looking forward to making plans and having them get canceled at the last minute. Like I'm already set up for that. <laughs> and by canceled, you mean that I cancel them because I <laughs> fail on plans because I'm a lazy introvert. No, that's not true. That's not true. I, I think that, I, again, um, I am super excited for, um, you know, and not just because restaurants have yummy delicious food that I don't have to cook um I've got a lot of friends that are bartenders and you know servers and things like that and I don't know you know what I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna get into the the corona talk we're, we're still on the fog so yeah and and I'd, I'd like to actually spend some time talk uh, with doing a little corona chat when we're done talking. yeah that's what I figure when we're done we can kind of do our check-in yeah <clears throat> um but one thing I liked about the movie was that this idea that the founding fathers were dicks, because that is mm-hmm. a thesis I kind of just have adopted as my interpretation of American history. Like, yeah. the, colon- the, the colonists and the people who established this country were a bunch of D-bags. Mm-hmm. And it's always interesting to me to see the idea of, like, the child play- paying for the sins of the father. Um, mm-hmm. I like the idea that the town has a certain comeuppance that, like, is happening, and some of them are like, yeah, we fucking, we will, we will have this coming. Like, especially the priest and even the older members of the town. Um, I have one quick note that I really I just need to get off my chest. The scariest, most horrifying moment in this movie for me. When the dude in the store <laughs> drank the OJ and then put it back. <laughs> what a fucking scumbag. <laughs> Not the ghosts that are killing people not the threat to the child no none of that no it's it's the yeah no yeah, it was the yeah. guy who literally drank orange juice and then put it back and to sell what a horrific thing for me um <laughs> I, I was i was like waiting for him to die i was mad that that character never died just fyi um the other thing that i thought was interesting was um carpenter kept insisting that this was based on some sort of like roughly gathered true story about the colonization on the west coast and how like they did play tricks on pirates at times to kind of keep themselves safe but there's no like story to to like corroborate that but what i started thinking about was like nature and how the fog is the catalyst for the ghosts Mm -hmm. and how maybe nature and again this is corona crazy me talking Maybe nature holds on to our sins and kind of gives us what we have coming when we need to. I find it interesting that in the film, the the technology and the like electric and all that stops working when the fog mm-hmm. hits it. So it's almost like maybe he was playing with the concept of, you know, we are an abomination to nature constantly. We are constantly messing up nature. And sometimes nature is going to fight back and put us in our place. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that makes perfect sense. You're taking away all of our man-made defenses. Right. And I mean, you know what? To get, we were going to, to get topical. I mean, look, <laughs> we'll, we'll touch on the virus. If you, if you look at, and we've talked about this before, and it's been talked about on Mise on Scream, but the natural order of the world, there are so many species of animals that have their own built-in population check. A virus will come through, a bacteria will come through, and it wipes out a certain part of the population of the animal, and it's just the natural order of the world. The only reason that there are as many human beings in the world is because we have evolved and we are smarter and we can combat the viruses now. If we didn't have that, there would be there'd be a lot less of us. It's true. It's scary and it's true. I think sometimes nature really does remind us who's in charge. And I also think one of the things that I find to be a silver lining of this whole quarantine is that the earth is kind of getting catching its breath a little bit. Like all there's like so much less pol- air pollution, so much less like, you know, carbon footprinting that maybe that's a silver lining we all needed to kind of like I like this this kind of theme that's going on of like maybe we should all take a step back and like reanalyze like and and don't get me wrong I have been so emotionally unstable through this whole thing like most <laughs> I know, it has been a roller coaster of emotions and craziness and loneliness and every other is but um you know I I think that that's one silver lining is like kind of remembering who's in charge and that we're not <laughs> like we need. Yeah. Um, so I thought this movie was kind of topical in that way. Like, don't forget yeah. to kick your ass if and when she decides to. And she holds on to the memories of, in a very abstract way of, of who we are and what we do. One of my absolute favorite scenes from the movie, because, like, you know, it, it's it's ghosty, it's scary. You know, I love a good ghost story. I like that you really never fully see um, everybody from the Dane. You know, you're seeing shadows, and at the end, um, when they're going after Adrian Barbeau, like you see like a little, a little glimpse of them. But I think one of the scariest parts was when, so when her little boy found the sign from the ship that said Dane on it, oh, yeah, and that- she brings it back to the radio station and then like the water comes out of it and then it like literally changes and it says six must die. I like, it's not often that a movie will kind of give me pause like that, but I was like, girl, you got to run. Yeah. Like you, th- you throw that away, right? And you run. I call you. Yeah, yeah. Be like, <laughs> um, the other thing I liked, and I'm a sucker for like the little ending that never is, is the fact that at the end the priest died and like it wasn't over. Like I was like yeah. into it. I- I'm always in support of that. Me too. Me too. Um, the other, my, the last note that I have. <laughs> so. When, uh, I, you know what, I feel bad. I don't remember the name of the character. When Adrian Barbeau's character is on the radio and she knows what's happening and she knows the fog is coming for her son. Or no, no, no. She knows the fog is coming for the guy, Dan, at the weather station. And she just keeps screaming his name. And she's like, Dan, Dan. Okay, so I'm going to take you back. Because what that reminded me of, my note was, dream phone. Dan, Dan's my man. Do you remember that commercial? too <laughs> dream phone is my jam i love that game i played that game so much and i'm so sad that at one point in college i got rid of it because like i'm definitely have been looking on ebay for i need dream phone again like i need a working dream phone i want to play it like oh my yeah. god and i remember from that commercial like that's what like me and jenny used to say like dan dance my man so when she was in the movie just screaming dan like i was like oh dream phone and then i drifted off to like dream phone for a little while and like had to go back to the movie and rewind because i literally was like i need to look it up on ebay like is there a working one like can i find it like i remember everything about the game i i love dream phone and so yeah i had to rewind the movie and go back a little bit because i was in dream phone land is it like super expensive it's, I think, oh, I looked for it a while ago, like a, maybe last year, and it was like a hundred bucks on eBay. I'll pay a hundred bucks for Dream Phone. If you got a working Dream Phone with all the sheets of paper and like, or not too many sheets of paper gone, if you've got the paper, if you've got the working phone, if you've got all of the dude cards, I'll pay a hundred bucks for Dream Phone. Yeah, it looks like a hundred is still the going price. Yeah. Wow. Maybe I'll do a little treat you. Not that I haven't done enough treat yourself, which yeah. I'll talk. I'll talk about when we when we do our our transition into. I figured we only did one movie this week because we figured it'd be nice to kind of yeah. and see yeah. what up to um, 
And yeah, start. You definitely did treat yourself. I was so trying- yeah, I did. So this was a couple of weeks ago now, but I, you know, the 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 stimulus check came in, which was lovely. Thank you. Um, I was gonna be like, thanks, Donald. Oh. Whatever. And- yeah, I know. Seriously, he's don't get me started. <laughs> he's- we, we, we don't even need to touch on our government during this time. Um, no. So, yeah. So, a couple weeks ago, I decided to have a little treat yourself day. It started because I was, I think, where did it start? I think it started because I'm flipping through Facebook and one of the pages I follow is Entertainment Earth. And they're the ones that do all the Funko Pops and, like, they just have a ton of stuff at Entertainment Earth. And a... 3,000 piece Nicktoons puzzle popped up and I was like oh I need to have that so I go to order it but it's on pre-order and I'm like ah okay I'll pre-order it I'll get it eventually whatever and then I'm like well I like Nicktoons what else do I like so I go to my Amazon wish list and one of the things on my Amazon wish list is um All Real Monsters the complete series so I'm like, it's like 19 bucks. I'm going to get that. Treat yourself. You know what else is on my list? Look, Beetlejuice, the animated series. That has been on my wish list for years. And like, it's 20 some bucks. Like, it's not expensive. So, so I was like, treat, treat yourself. <laughs> so I end up buying those two things. Like a couple days go by. And again, thank you, Facebook, Entertainment Earth. It pops up with a Garbage Pail Kids puzzle. 1,000-piece Garbage Pail Kids puzzle. I love the Garbage Pail Kids. I need that puzzle. It's like $17. You know what? Okay. Treat, Treat yourself. <laughs> Mimosas. <laughs> Treat yourself. <laughs> uh, and, and then I don't know what drew me to it. I'm sure it was another ad. Who knows? Or maybe, no, maybe it was came in my email. Shout Factory sends me an email. Hey, we're having a cabin fever sale. Come look at stuff. And I've been meaning to go on to Shout Factory's website for a while because I wanted to pre-order the new 13 Ghost Blu-ray that they were coming out with. And it comes with like a poster and like the special edition. So I was like, oh, I've been meaning to do that anyway. So I go on, I pre-order 13 Ghost. And while I'm there, I might as well peruse their cabin fever sale. And I scored three more Blu-rays, all collector's editions. So one I've already gotten in. One of them was Demon Knight, and I got that in. Um, Yesterday, I got the confirmation for the shipping order for the other two Blu-rays that are coming, which is, what did I get? I got People Under the Stairs, Blu-ray, collector's edition. What's the other one? Because there were three of them. Let me look real quick. There was... Yeah, I don't remember when 13 Ghosts is coming out because it's on pre-order. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. So the two two more that are coming that the, I got the shipping confirmation for yesterday is the Blu-ray of the collector's edition of People Under the Stairs and another Blu-ray, the collector's edition of Death Becomes Her. Ooh, I need to yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were, like I said, they were all on sale. Like everything was really reasonably priced. So I jumped on that. The last thing that I ordered for Treat Yourself, and I don't know why the theme of movies and puzzles is what it is, but who cares? Um, I get an email from um, IDW, which is my absolute favorite comic book publisher. Um, I get an email from IDW about, you know, some other unrelated sale, but I just go on and I'm flipping through and I'm looking. And one of the, it wasn't even in the email, but just through me looking, one of the featured things I saw was a Tales from the Crypt puzzle. And it's literally like the cover of a Tales from the Crypt comic book. And so, yeah, that one actually came in. I got that in the mail the other day. So, yeah, so my my quarantine uh, treat yourself has been movies and puzzles. And like I said, they're starting to come in. I've, I've already started to watch them. The other thing that I have been doing for like the last month, and I finally just finished, but I, uh, and I've talked about it on the show, I play Magic the Gathering, and I decided to completely change my organization system. It was kind of, some of them were together like by the set that they came out with, 
and then uh, some of them weren't, I decided to completely alphabetize the whole thing. So it's broken down by color, but it's completely alphabetized. And several boxes later, I finally have my whole collection alphabetized and organized the way that I want them. Now all I need to do is just go back through all the thousands of cards and update it into the database system, which maybe I'll do next year. I don't know. That's another task unto itself. But at least I now have everything organized and I kind of got to have an overview of cards that I have and I have new ideas for decks I want to build. So I'm, I'm very happy that that project is done. I mean, I still have boxes all over my living room because I need to figure out what I'm doing with the other boxes, but that project is, I can put a stamp of approval on that. And I'm very happy that I got that done. Nice. Yeah. I, I had a string of um, weird luck that pretty much sucked up all of my extra cashish that came in. Um, we had a little car accident. Everybody's fine. And we had my entire heating and cooling system breakdown. So my treat is, you know, heat and air conditioning. So, I'm, <laughs> um, but I actually branched out in a couple of cool ways during the quarantine. Um, as you know, I'm, I'm a member of Dark Hills events and we are seeking to put on our own from home immersive event. So I decided to do a little research and I signed up for a shit ton of remote events. And I had various levels of success with all of them. You thought I was crazy for even going down this road. Yeah. I, you to jump with me on this one um so i started with one that was like santu dominico whatever and it was really promising at first and then just literally they just went away and i was really kind of like well that sucks um and then the second one i got involved in was nocent which is actually a really great event um it's put on by uh, a company out, out on the west coast who usually do in-person events they do nocent is one of their immersive experiences I think they are definitely having some growing pains figuring out how to keep the audience engaged while we stay home because we can't, mm -hmm. obviously they can't do their theatrical performances, but they are an incredibly talented group of people putting on a really good show. Um, I think right now they're actually um, on a hiatus for taking new members because they have had so, so much popularity with this, but nocent.com, definitely check them out if you are interested. It's a really cool theatrical experience. Then I did Call From Restricted, which Irony of Ironies was the only one I actually paid for and was my least favorite. I actually really like the company that put, is putting this on. I really like some of the ideas they have, but it's just not, I'm like, it's not for me, dog. It's not for me. Cause it's a lot of posts on Facebook or show this video of yourself doing this. So I, I just, just because of my career and how public my Facebook is to all my friends and family, I never quite felt comfortable like putting videos of myself doing weird shit on. on yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. While I think they, it's an interesting plot line they've got going, I actually lost all my lives because I wouldn't do half of the stuff they asked us to do, which is really just me just not being comfortable doing weird stuff on. So yeah, so, and then the last one I did was um, the Blackheart Collective. And I got to tell you, this one was the one that I was a really big fan of. Um, if you are so inclined and you're interested in immersive experiences or stay-at-home extreme experiences, it's not for everybody, but it's a really, really cool theatrical online event and it's run by um joshua simon lake and his company and it's really good it actually really kind of played to my literary uh self because it was very poetic very thematic very layered and i have to say the people he has writing and creating content for this show i'm not going to give anything away but it's a very you go down a very dark path to come out on the other side and it really does kind of challenge you to like face some fears and really think about yourself. And it's a very individualized and personal story that you go through, okay. which I think is cool. They only take like five or six people at a time. Um, so it always was very intimate and I liked it and I highly recommend it. So check out on Instagram or on Facebook, go to Blackheart Collective and uh, beg for a spot in their next show because it's a really cool one. But yeah, so I did that. And the other exciting thing I've been doing is I RPG for the first time. Yeah. You were with me. You were with I was with you. Flowered. Um, was that, that wasn't your first RPG. Not technically. I have done it once before, but uh, the first time that I had done it, there was a lot of hand-holding. This was really the first time completely by myself with a little assistance from Joey with character development. But for the most part, this was the very first time I did it completely on my own. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, for me, it was, I was 
my first time 100%. And I even had to order little dice. I was so excited. Um, I know. I love it. I love it. I had a lot of fun. And I we did a Cabin in the Woods themed RPG mm-hmm. through Dark Hills because um, Joey's a game master in like 5,000 different games. And he's so good at being a game master. Yeah. Um, I think that's why he's so good at creating events. But um, yeah, we did a Cabin in the Woods um, event. I died as per usual. Yeah, I died too. Yeah. I like the way I died though. I really like the how I died. And that I- was fun. Yeah. Um, and then we, I also am in the throes of a Game of Thrones uh, RPG, which cool. I'm so much fun with because I am playing a bastard child of the Bolton Frey family. So it's like every, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like this horrific, like I have this horrific pedigree and nobody knows what to make of me. And I love it. Ooh. <laughs> Wink. So I'm having a lot of fun playing a very, very, yeah. um, from a very, very bad family. So yeah, so I've been kind of just doing that creative stuff and also trying to find my horror kicks while I'm stuck at home. So I forget where, I forget how the conversation happened or, or what I posted on Facebook, but our friend Stephen from Analog Jones and the Temple of Film had uh, posted a comment about, you know, at the end of all of this, we should all be keeping list of what we're watching. And at the end, we can reveal our list to see who our real friends are. (laughs) And I had said that I have been on a found footage kick. And it started because we watched Hell House LCC and did our episode with Extreme Screams. Uh, Taryn and Chris, you guys should listen to that episode and then go check them out. For sure. Um, But after watching, I loved Hell House LCC. And there are two other Hell House movies on Shutter, So I went through and I watched the whole trilogy of Hell House LCC and surprisingly really enjoyed all of them, which Riss, you had said that you thought that I might not like them because they kind of explain everything. And in a normal world, I don't like when you get the full explanation, but for some reason in this one, it totally worked. It totally worked with the story. The ending of the third one was a little bit ridiculous, but at this point I was like, I'm here for it. Let's do this. Um, and then, I, like I said, and then I've just been on a kick. I watched The Taking of Deborah Logan. Um, that was just another, like I'm looking through Shutter. what's out there. Oh, look, this is another found footage. It was friggin' awesome. That one, that one was really good. And then talking to a coworker, um, he recommended um, As Above, So Below, or is it... Does that, or, yeah, as above, so below, or so below, as above? No, as above, so below. As above, so below, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I watched that last night, and that, that was an awesome movie. I didn't know what to expect, and it, w- it had elements of the descent where my claustrophobia kind of kicked in, because they're in the underground catacombs, not the underground catacombs, that's redundant. They are in the catacombs <laughs> in Paris, so there are some claustrophobic moments but overall, uh, that is such an underrated movie. Like, why more people are not talking about that movie? I, I'd never heard of it. It's and that one is currently on Netflix. See, so nice to watch movies that have come out recently, Jackie. Isn't it fun? There is some merit to it. This is unbelievable. I can't <laughs> believe it. So, yeah, so I'm, uh, so I'm on my found footage kicks, and I actually have a few more lined up that I want to watch. Um, and I know that we're going to be doing another found footage film soon, so stay tuned for that. But, but yeah, that's, been, that's how I've been keeping my horror. Aside from that, and, in, and I don't even want to call it, I'll call it horror light, like extreme horror light. But uh, on recommendation, again, another recommendation from a friend, um, Ashley from the AF High List, who you have heard on our show, we recently did a live with them on her podcast. She always talks about Charmed. She loves Charmed. It's her favorite show. She watches that constantly. So I finally got sick of hearing her talk about it. And I'm like, well, I'll watch Charmed. So I, while I've been doing my magic collection um, one of the things that I have been watching when I'm organizing has been Charmed. And I am just about to finish. It's been slow for me because so much other stuff is going on. I'm just about to finish season one of Charmed. I'm very excited um, for the, I, I'm, I'm, at the, I'm at the penultimate episode. So I'm very excited to see how they close out season one. Um, but yeah, I've, so that's like, again, very horror light. It's a culty. It's, you know, it was it was in the the land of the craft so you know we we do the witches thing so 
but yeah, other than that, like I really, I, I've done a fair share of other movies. I did kind of like spend a week where I'm just like, I'm going to watch nothing but comedies and I branched out and, and just like went down to my own movie collection. Didn't even go to Netflix or anything like that. Just went to my own movie collection and was like, I'm going to watch the Ninja Turtles one, two, and three because I own them just, just for funsies. And I'm going to watch Night at the Museum because I think Hank Azaria is the funniest fucking human being. As much as I don't like Ben Stiller, like there are so many other talented people in Night at the Museum that I could just like, I can ignore Ben Stiller. So it's fun. The one non-horror binge I've had is I've been, I finally have had the time to finish Schitt's Creek. Um, I'm on a season four and I, I just, I fucking love that show so much. I love Catherine O'Hara so much. Yeah. Um, I also love Eugene Levy and his, his son. Like I, the whole cast is just flawless. And I find myself laughing so hard while I'm watching it that it's, it's, I love it. And it's giving me a break from my 5,000 rewatch of the office. So it's good. Yeah. Um, I actually started watching supernatural too, which I've never seen. You know um, what I have tried three times to start that show i think i've seen season one about three times and for some reason i think it's just because i know there's like 17 seasons that it just seems so daunting and like such a commitment that i always give up and i'm just like i can't do it i can't i can't do it and i there's no reason why i wouldn't like supernatural i i, I like the first season like everything is fine i mean jeffrey dean morgan mm. you know he's delicious um but it's just like for some reason I just always stop after season one because I'm like it's too much of a commitment I can't do it I can't yeah it's slow going for me it is so one of these days I will get through it like I said I've seen I think I've seen all of season one at least two to three times and then I was just like eh, I'll come back later and I never go back Shit's Creek I remember watching like one or two episodes and then I forgot about it and I never went back to it, but I probably will. The other one and, uh, that I need to, to, to catch up on is the What We Do in the Shadows TV show, oh which they, yeah. they have been, you know, on, on Hulu, I think you get it the next day on Hulu because they're in the middle of the new season. And I think that started a few weeks ago. So um, I need to catch up on, on the newest episodes of What We Do in the Shadows. Same, I gotta get I haven't caught up. And I actually don't have Hulu anymore, so I may have to. Oh. Um, yeah, there we go. We'll trade. Give me, give me your Disney Plus, because I still haven't oh, tuned you? into Disney Plus. So oh. we'll, we'll swapsie. I'll give you my Hulu, you give me Disney Plus. Perfect. Because yeah, Disney Plus is good times. Yeah. Wait, so, but you, oh, you saw Mandalorian though, right? No, not yet. Oh my God, when we get off the phone, that's what you're doing, you're watching. Okay. So yeah, I haven't seen The Mandalorian yet, but Chad bought me the Baby Yoda pop. It came yesterday. I pre-ordered the $60 Baby Yoda animatronic doll because I need him. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we may have some surprises. Baby Yoda coming in this house, too. Um, yeah. Of course, they're not for me. Um, but, yeah, no, I, you have to watch The Mando. Like, when we get off the phone, that's what you're doing. Uh, um, yeah, and uh, I actually got back to video games because I have a little time. I'm playing We Happy Few, which um, I just started it. It was only like 10 bucks, but it was, okay. it's okay. I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. It's just very open worldy. Um, and I, ha I bought it, but I haven't started it yet. I finally got Fallen Order, which I'm excited to play. But again, yeah, I, I actually, I mean, I, I haven't picked up very much. In the, like I said, the, the magic sorting has taken up a majority of my time. Yeah, like I've been playing uh, Lego Harry Potter. Um, just like nice and easy, like a, a replay. It's just fun. It, I can turn my brain off and just have a really good time with that. Old Nintendo games for that reason. Like Super Mario 3, Legend of mm -hmm. Like I just couldn't play them with my eyes closed and they're somehow very calming to me. <laughs> yeah. Adjusting, adjusting to life. Um, obviously we all can't wait for things to go back to some sort of normalcy whether it's the old normal or the new normal, we, we, you know, I think, I think everybody, you know, at least that I know everybody, I, I don't know anybody personally that's a fucking jackass out there protesting that they need a haircut. Everyone that I know has been, you know, doing their best to stay safe and stay inside and saying, you know. we're, we're friends with rational and kind human beings. Yeah. That's why. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So, um, so yeah, so, so hunker down y'all. I mean, stay safe and let, let this thing ride its course and, you know, we can all live without a haircut and without Applebee's for one more week. I yeah. I mean, at, at this point, you know, a little peek behind the curtain today is, is May 1st. Yep. We're, ha we're halfway to Halloween. 
if I don't get Halloween because jackasses are out there ruining it for the rest of us, I'm 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 gonna be pissed. I, I I was supposed to have last weekend. I was supposed to have my halfway to Halloween party. Obviously, that didn't get to happen. You know, so if I don't get for real Halloween because of this shit, good for you. It's gonna be a whole new, whole new angry Jackie coming out. I'm into it. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm just gonna be like breaking down the door like fucking Ash with like the chainsaw in my. Hand. Yeah, save Halloween, dude. Um, I think it's our best bet. Everybody's gotta hunker down and do do what you gotta do. Um, yeah. Oh, it's hard, and know that we're here to entertain you, and we're going through it, and we're gonna be okay. And hey, celebrate May. Watch Midsummer and Wicker Man and all the other weird uh, culty spring summer movies. Yeah. Yeah, get a Nick Cage fix. Watch yeah. Wicker Man with Nick Cage. I mean, don't discount it. Always the bees. And then while you're at it, watch Con Air and Face Off and The Rock. Peggy Sue Got Married. Adaptation. I Can Keep Going. Have a Nick Cage fest. I'll come. Virtually. Let's have a visual. Let's have a virtual Nick Cage fest. I don't know how me saying have watched summer movies turned into you promoting Nick Cage movies, but I'm into it. I don't know. I love him. Nick, call me. <laughs> Anything else there? No, no. I think that's it. Thank you guys uh, so much for tuning in uh, and, and listen to blah, 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 blah. Thank you so much for tuning in, listening to us chat about John Carpenter's The Fog here in our little quarantine update. Um, yeah, check us out on all the socials, the social meds. You know the drill. And send us what you're what you're doing to keep sane during the uh, during the quarantine. What should we be watching, playing, uh, whatever? I know board games have definitely helped me get through. I've been loving playing Horrified and Villainous remotely with some friends. So hit me up with some recommendations because I need stuff to keep me busy or I'm going to go cray cray. Also, quick shout outs. Don't forget to check out Dark Hills events. We have live trivia uh, every other week where you can win prizes and um, just have fun and hang out with us and have a beverage or not. Um, and, uh, also if you are interested in doing any of these totally remote, totally socially distanced horror experiences, I would highly recommend your first stop should be Blackheart Collective and your second stop should be Nocent. They are both really cool and they definitely do interesting things. And if you're into posting videos of yourself screaming, check out Call From Restricted because it's cool. It's just not for me. Hang in there. We're all doing this together. If you absolutely are at your breaking point, just reach out and let's have a conversation. We can talk about horror stuff. We can talk about non-horror stuff. You know, everybody's just got to support everybody else right now to, uh, to, to keep, we can keep it all together. So, That's right. um, all right. So other than that, we will see you guys next time. Bye bye. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. I feel fine. The other night I took the bike, got her nail, took the fine mouth, laying in a light lantern, first hand lantern, president, Lenny, who's in the back of birthday party, cheesecake, a jelly bean boom. Pitriotic, pitriotic, slam, put next to right. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.